everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ten Thousand Roads to Financial Independence. Today, I have Jimmy Edwards. Jimmy is the owner of High Five Group, which started with a focus on single-family homes in 2013, and is now aggressively acquiring multifamily properties. Jimmy's primary markets are DFW, Lubbock, and San Antonio, basically the Texas, the Great Texas.、Um, they're currently invested in 570 units and looking for more to grow and scale from there. And they have. Couple more probably in the contracts.、Uh, his latest deal doubled investors' money in three years on a Western Texas multifamily property. He and his team grow occupancy from fifty percent to ninety-two percent. Excited to hear more in this episode with that. Welcome to the show, Jimmy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Well,、uh, me and Jimmy knew each other for a while now, and then kind of go way back. But we always started this question、uh, on our show with Jimmy, which get me to kind of. Uh, hear his personal story is who in your life when you're growing up、uh, that affected you or impacted you the most in terms of growing into the entrepreneur who you are today. So I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I always say I'm just a, I'm a blue collar kid from Austin, right?、Um, you know, my my parents are ex hippies, and I grew up in Austin my whole life, and. Um, you know, my parents parents were divorced, and and I I lived with my mom, and she you know worked two jobs, so I kind of was you know had this you know go to go to college,、uh, get a job,、um, and have a job,、um, but I you know I, I I wasn't very good at sitting still in school. I was always getting in trouble.、Um, You know, not paying attention. I just, you know, I I learn by doing instead of learn by reading.、Um, so I always just wanted to explore and, and figure things out and take things apart and put them back together.、Um, you know, and I and I didn't understand at the time that you know that was a a good you know a really good quality for me to have.、Um, so I I. You know, I grew up with a lot of friends whose parents were entrepreneurs,、um, and I saw that they had this, you know, skill set.、Um, and、uh, you know, I just I, I didn't put it all together until probably the last year of college. And you know, surprise, surprise,、uh, one of our professors had us read Rich Dad Poor Dad.、Um, so I read this book, and like, you know, my brain exploded,、um, and I realized that like I. Had experienced kind of that same trajectory, but it was never, you know, I, I didn't really have anyone teaching me. But I was like watching from the sidelines,、um, you know, kind of as an only child. I was always watching from the sidelines and you know observing people and learning by watching other people. And so、um, once I read that book, my you know my brain exploded,、um, and、um, you know I went into real estate. Uh, got my real estate license, started you know selling real estate, and then eventually doing mortgages, and then eventually flipping houses. So I've always kind of just had that. You know,、um, you can make as much money as you want.、Uh, you just you know you just got to work and hustle.、Um, so I've always had like this you know pr- production equals dollars kind of mindset. So、um, you know I, yeah yeah. So you are a serial entrepreneur. Uh, and so, when you went to college, the the the, the thought was to kind of get a job, but, but you actually never did because you went to a real estate brokerage right away.、Um, so, what are your kind of you know like? Can you tell us? I noticed that there's transitions on between going through using high five company. 
uh, going from a single family investment to multifamily. What is that transition like? And then what kind of triggered the transition over there? So, I mean, it was really kind of a no brainer. Um, we, we started flipping houses in 2013 um, and kind of scaled up from there, you know, doing it full time. In 2016, I think we flipped about 60 houses. And so, you know, we had three or four different crews going. Um, I mean, it was, you know, it was a hustle. Um, and, you know, the end of 2016, we did our year in review and kind of looked at, you know, what's next, right? How are we going to scale this business? Are we going to do more houses? Um, are we going to do, you know, bigger houses? Are we going to do new construction? Um, you know, how are we going to scale this? And, um, you know, ultimately in 2017, what we did was we did less houses um, with higher margins. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of, you know, realize like, hey, you know, doing more houses, the return on involvement um, just, you know, is, is kind of crazy. Um, I didn't want to do new construction because I thought we were close to the top of the market and I didn't want to be caught in a downturn with a half built house. Um, so I liked flipping better because it is, you know, you have uh, the speed of the transaction. Um, and um, so we did uh, less houses, um, you know, less volume. We had a higher margins, we made more money. Um, and then, you know, again, the question is, you know, what's next, right? Um, and in 20, I think maybe early 2017, um, maybe late 2017, we had a house, um, we lost, we lost some money. Um, and it was right about the time, you know, we were looking into how, you know, what are we going to do next to scale? Right. And I, I kind of learned about multifamily, started digging in and around the same time we had a house that, um, you know, we did a really good rehab on it. Um, our margins were good. Um, and the same weekend, it was in the fall, the same weekend, um, like, you know, half a dozen other rehabbed houses came on the market. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, a lot of the market got saturated. Right. And so a lot of people started dropping their prices to sell their house. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, it got very competitive and we eventually sold it, you know, four or five months later. Um, and what happened was, is that all of the interest ate up all the profit mm -hmm. and, this was around the same time we were looking to scale, right? Yeah. And so when I learned about multifamily, it solved two problems. One is that, you know, I can do a hundred houses at once, right? Because, you know, you have a hundred unit building, but two, you know, you can flip apartments while the tenants are in there covering your, your you know, your costs, right? So um, I'd owned rental properties. Uh, those are, you know, I still have one left. I've been, you know, over the past four years, I've been moving and, you know, all my money into multifamily, but um, it was really kind of the combination, right? You can scale, um, you know, they're, they're covering your costs and, you know, you have forced appreciation, right? Which in single family, you can't force appreciation. If, you know, if you spend $500,000 on a house, um, you know, it might only still comp out at, you know, 425 if that's what the appraiser says. So um, I really liked um that you know kind of you know all those aspects so that was really you know kind of what pushed us into multifamily. so mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome and um 
it's amazing that you're flipping six, 60 houses at the same time. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how did you actually grew your business to that skill? And then I know it doesn't probably get built in the first year. Like did the, what's the first year volume that you did when you first got into the flip business? So I think probably in like 2013, maybe I did three or four houses and, you know, maybe, uh, 2014, you know, maybe I did, you know, six or seven or eight, 2015, you know, maybe I did 15, um, you know, something like that. I have no idea. Um, but what really, you know, catapulted my growth um, was that I had, you know, um, I, I, I'm good at acquisitions, right? I like finding deals. I like chasing deals. Like, you know, every deal is different. Like, you know, that's, that's something I really enjoy. So, um, I would find deals, you know, and I would have, um, you know, similar to how we put multifamily deals together. I would, you know, have a partner that a JV partner that put down the equity, I would do all the work and then we'd have a a profit share. Um, well, I was, doing that with several, diff- several different people in 2014 or 2015. And I was feeling like I was getting pulled in a lot of different directions. Right. Um, and um, uh, or maybe my timeline's wrong, but um, somewhere, you know, along the way, um, you know, Catherine and I, who's my current partner, yeah. um, you know, we really found a lot of synergy. And um, so, uh what we found that worked really well for us was her background is in construction management, um, you know, and mine being real estate and acquisitions. Um, so we just started this conveyor belt, right? Um, I'd find the deal, she would manage the rehab. I'd find the deal and we manage the rehab. So like what I found was, you know, before we teamed up, um, you know, I was finding the deal, managing the rehab, finding the deal, managing the rehab. Um, and, you know, I could only do so many, Um, and so, um, when we kind of teamed up, we just, you know, the volume exploded, um, and we, and we worked really well together in those, you know, roles. Um, and we've, we've carried that all the way, you know, into, into multifamily too. So, um, it's been a good relationship. Finding a good partner is really, uh, and then you and Catherine kind of know each other from high school, right? If I remembered it. Yeah. From, from college. Yeah. We both went to Texas Tech. Um, her, we were, were there around the same time. Her, um, husband was a really good friend of mine. We, we met in the dorms and, you know, um, had, had, you know, had a lot of fun together and, uh, he met Catherine, you know, somewhere along the way. And I became friends with her, you know, towards the end of college and we've all stayed in touch and, um, you know, kind of circled back, um, you know, 2013 or so. Yeah. So, um, so you had your whole acquisition now, uh, transitioning from single family to multifamily, do you see, um, a lot of, um, skill sets that you could leverage from, you know, being an entrepreneur, owning a volume flip, uh, operation, uh, into multifamily? And if so, what kind of are the things that kind of jumped out at you? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, you know, pretty much the same business in my opinion. I mean, you just, you know, the loans are bigger. um, The equity you need is bigger. um, But I mean, it's, you know, it's the same thing, right? You know, you buy, buy low, uh, make it better, sell high. I mean, um, you know, I think you do, you know, to to find deals, you have to market and and whether that's, 
you know, chasing down um, people that have deals, right? Like maybe it's a broker or maybe you go direct to owner. Um, and, um, and then just having, you know, really having a good team in place, um, you know, single family, um, was really important to have a good construction team that knew, you know, what we did, right? Like after the first three or four houses we did together, um, you know, we kind of all know what we're doing, right? Like, um, so, you know, these are the, you know, color palettes we use, you know, here's, you know, the weird things that Jimmy's going to see that, you know, and like, yeah. you know, I see things that would, you know, so we're all on the same page. Right. So I think that with multifamily, it's, it's very similar. Um, you might not, the, the construction might not be as, you know, intense, but I think, you know, kind of what you swap out is the property management company. Right. So having a property management company that understands your vision and what you're doing and why you're doing it and where you're going and how you're going to get there and, having been successful together, you know, now we're all on the same page, um, you know, moving forward with the same goal in mind. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, and so how did you find your first deal in multifamily? So we, well, yeah. long story short, we I can make a long story short. We, we, uh, the first big deal that we had, um, was actually through a broker, um, and um it was in it was it was in lubbock you know i thought it was an interesting looking deal um and uh we uh just took a road trip out there i hadn't been to lubbock in five or six years and met the broker and liked the deal and and, and ended up um buying it so um yeah. and that's the 50 percent occupy this is the yes occupancy. So tell us a little bit more about that project because most people on their first deal, when they looked at it, they would say, Oh, Oh my God, it's 50% uh, occupied. You can't get a loan on it. That's an memory course. So you can't do anything else with it. So they would just kind of run away. So sure. what stood that out for you and then why? So, yeah. Yeah. So we actually, this, that was actually our, the second deal that we did. Um, but it was, you know, the most, it was the, you know, the biggest at the time we'd, we'd done uh, a 16 unit deal a couple months before. Um, and we found, you know, it's funny how we found that deal. We were looking at a deal that my neighbor was selling 20 units in Dallas, didn't get that one, but ended up looking at a comp of this 16 of, of another, of a neighboring deal who Catherine knew the owner called him, asked him about it couple months later, he called back and said, Hey, I've, I've, I've got a 16 unit deal. If y'all want to partner on it. And we said, yeah, we do. So we partnered on this 16 unit deal. And that was, you know, an F property about to be condemned in a C plus area. Um, we spent like 20 grand a door, um, and rents went from 500 to, you know, 1100. Um, and that was a complete retenant, right? So, you know, all new tenants, and so we'd kind of been through this, you know, kind of a similar operation, right? Like heavy lift. It was, you know, more than what we'd done before in flipping houses, but very similar. Um, and so a couple months after that, um, we found this 100 unit, 103 unit deal in Lubbock. It was 50% occupied, um, distressed seller, um, you know, in a market that I knew and understand, um, a deal that not a lot of people, you know, wanted to chase, um, right. something... I was comfortable with. Yeah. Um, and 
our the part our, our our partners on that deal were also our partners on the 16 unit deal and previous to that 16 unit deal um they'd done a similar reposition right where you know uh, total retenant so yeah. we had confidence and backing in our team um you know we were willing and able to execute and we had the thirst for the transaction and we had partners that had done something similar mm-hmm. um so going into it um you know it, it you know was not as scary of an undertaking as you know one would think so we, we had a good team um and um you know we, we did really well on it so that's awesome that's awesome um and uh, so you have properties now in san antonio or what you have going into um and how how is it like to be able to get deals in multiple market and how what kind of system do you kind of put in place um so that they can operate efficiently because uh, you're just yourself doing the acquisition at catherine just herself you know managing sure. properties so um what kind of system do you kind of put in place so that you can manage uh between different cities uh these sure. Sure. So we have, you know, I think really it comes down to, you know, the relationships with the property management companies. And we have um, on those deals also, Catherine and I have another partner uh, that kind of does, you know, the operations and a little bit more of the asset management day to day stuff. Um, And so really having someone that's, you know, focused more in the books and in the day to day operations allows, you know, me to grab more deals, allows Catherine to do the CapEx, and then we all, you know, keep going. Um, so I think like having the right team, you know, obviously is is huge. Um, but then really, you know, the, the property management team, again, it goes back to them. I mean, you, you know, you know, you have to manage the property management company, right? Like, I mean, that's, you know, what an asset manager does. But a good one will make that, you know, less headaches, but a really, really good one, um, you know, being able to rely on them and having done several deals with them, again, it goes back to, you know, trusting each other and, and understanding, you know, each other's vision. So for me, that's really been, you know, a key component. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, we're in a people business, right? We're relying on people and then, you know, our customers are people. So, um, I mean, that's, that's, you know, what that is. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so where do you see yourself from here, like in the five-year goal or whatever the median turn goal is for you, like the North Star? Sure, sure. Yeah, so we've kind of set a five-year goal um, of getting to $500 million, um, in assets under management. Um, we really, you know, we're doing bigger deals. Um and, you know, still looking for, you know, some, some of the harder, harder deals. Um, but I think bigger deals, um, you know, it's easier to scale. Um, so, you know, we're, we've, we've, this year we've been working more on backend systems, processes, procedures, um, stuff that like, I don't generally, uh, enjoy doing, but, you know, it was entirely necessary. So, you yeah. know, we took 2019 and 2020 to really work on, you know, back back in stuff um, so that we can scale. I mean, I always kind of say like, you know, going from zero to four is, you know, relatively simple in my opinion, but, you know, to go from four to 15 requires, you know, a lot more, you know, ingenuity. Yeah. Um, and so like, that's what we've been, you know, kind of working on and, 
so we've been setting things up and, you know, finding, you know, we, we got another deal under contract and I think we're going to move through that one pretty quickly. And, and also, you know, having uh, that 50% occupied deal go full cycle, you know, we closed it, um, you know, about three months ago and really just, you know, showing that, you know, we, we can take down those kinds of projects and, you know, it was over a hundred percent return in like 35 months, um, you know, really gives some kind of confidence going into a deal that's, you know, $90, you know, yeah. um, you know, so, um, I think that that was really helpful. You know, it helps, it helps raising money. It helps with lenders. It helps with, you know, property management companies. So, um, you know, we're, uh, you know, slow and steady, but, you know, I think the next five years is going to be pretty, um, yeah, that's amazing. pretty monumental. That's amazing. Yeah. Because it's not about the portfolio sizes oftentimes. Why 500 million? How did you kind of derive that number? Well, I, 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 I backed into that, um, out of, uh, my personal goals and, you know, some other, yeah, some other things that I want to do and, and where I want to be. And so we kind of backed into that number, um, you know, and got there based on, you know, Catherine's and I's separate personal goals, but they're, they're pretty similar. Um, so we backed into that, to that number, you know, what are they? <laughs> if you don't mind. Sir. I mean, you know, I'm chasing freedom. Um, and, um, you know, I want to be able to give, give back. Um, you know, as a kid, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I, and I meet a lot of people at events and, you know, some, some, you know, they're not always kids, right. Sometimes they're adults and, um, you know, I'd really like to give back. And so I kind of want to like, you know, prove, you know, think some things to myself. Um, but I also, you know, I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're chasing freedom, right? I mean, I'm, you know, more free than I've ever been, but, um, you know, I still, I still want more, but I also want to be able to, um, you know, really give back to like, you know, kind of like you're doing with, you know, younger people and even older people alike. And so, you know, you know, be able to spend my time, you know, Hey, like, look, you know, here's, you know, here's a roadmap. Um, you know, it's not that difficult. We just didn't, you know, just nobody taught us about it previously. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and you still have a single family business currently, right? Like, are you thinking about, would you recommend someone who has parallel businesses, um, to potentially a fold them or how do they, how do you actually integrate the two together? Um, so we've really slowed down on, um, you know, the single family fix and flips. Um, we, we know we'll buy one every now and then when a, when a good deal falls on our lap, but I, I turned off the faucet on marketing. Um, you know, if I'm chasing a deal, um, you know, I'm chasing a, a, a commercial, you know, multifamily deal. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, a little bit premature, we shifted immediately into multifamily and looking back, you know, I was just talking about systems, processes, procedures, back end stuff, hiring people, um, you know, had we spent a little bit of time in that business and hired an acquisitions person, um, and someone to handle the marketing, we probably could have still had the single family business running itself. Um, but at the time, it was still just Catherine and I. So, you know, we hadn't begun scaling that and we really just kind of shifted to multifamily. So, you know, we could have built that into a little bit more, um, you know, uh, we could have scaled that business to kind of run itself. 
Um, and so I think that, you know, you can do that. And a lot of those things will translate into multifamily, right? You're still going to have the acquisitions guy. And maybe when you slow down the faucet on single family, you know, he's now chasing deals in multifamily. Um, so, I mean, it's really the same. You're still blasting databases. You're still doing marketing. Um, you're still managing people. Um, so I, I think you really can, you know, do both. We just, we just, we didn't. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, it's great to have a single focus as well from there. Yeah. That's, and that's really kind of who, um, you know, I am like, I'm, I'm extremely ADD, but like I've learned over the years that like, when I try to do like 15 things, like I'm not very good at any of them. So right. I get like laser focused, like a hundred percent laser focused. Like this is my lane and this is what I'm really, really, really good at and going to focus on and like, we'll kill it. So, um, I, I, you know, everyone has shiny object syndrome, right. But like over the years, I've gotten really good at saying like, Hey, this is, you know, just going to do this is, I can't do this. I'd I'd love to, but, and I just go, you know, all in. So. And at what point did you discover and what kind of discovery journey you had to, uh, really horn in on what you're good at? Because, I mean, you just touched on something that's very important as entrepreneurship, especially when you have a partner, which is kind of stay on your own lane and uh, let the others who are better at doing what you're doing uh, take over. So, But that requires some self-discovery uh, to really understanding who you are as a person. So like, what kind of discovery journey that you can kind of share with our listeners on finding out who you are, what you are really good at? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think just, you know, over the past 15 years, just really, you know, I'm a really good storyteller, um, which, you know, I've, you know, I've always been in in really good in in a sales position, because I just tell stories. Um, And, you know, there's been a lot of jobs where I was kind of a solopreneur. And, you know, I was learning the business, you know, um, I was, you know, uh, tending to leads, but then I was also processing paperwork. Um, and you get to this point where you can't, you, you, something's going to break if you're doing both. Right. And so there's been a pivotal moment, you know, in every part of my career where, you know, someone, I pulled in someone into my team, you know, that was extremely good at, you know, um, processing paperwork or, you know, processing deals or, you know, managing other people um, that allowed me to continue to bring more into the pipeline. And so it's really just been a learning process where, you know, over time you're like, you know, well, Hey, that really worked. Um, Hey, let's try this again. Cause it worked before. Whoa, that was a really good idea. And so, you know, just over time seeing, Hey, this is, this is how you increase production is, you know, because not everyone likes, you know, to talk as much as I do or to, you know, chase deals or whatever. Um, so really just, um, uh, I think the book, Dan Sullivan, it's called Who Not How. Yeah. Um, and that's a really good book that I probably read, you know, way much later in life than I should have. Because yeah. um, initially I always thought I had to do everything. Right. Um, and um, so, you know, really just, you know, going going through the process. But, um, you know, and and when I try to, it, and, and unless someone asks me to come into their lane, I yeah. need to stay out of it because 
you know, once I start shuffling their papers around, you know, you're going to mess it up. Right. And so um, really, you know, that was a learning process too. Right. And sometimes it took people on my team to say, Hey, you know, get out of my office and go get back in your lane. You yeah. Know? And so, okay. All right. And so like, I think it's just been one for me, at least like, you know, I learned by doing, and sometimes, you know, it takes a couple of tries, but like over the lifespan is like, Hey, this is what I'm good at. This is where I need to be. I need someone that's really good at this and I need to stay out of their way. And right. Absolutely. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, and who's your first employee? If you looking back at your business, all your businesses that you started, um, and uh, who who would you recommend someone to hire, you know, as your first employee? Um, we'll kind of get into a little tactics here. Sure, sure. Well, you know, um, I would say, you know, an assistant, whether it's a VA, you know, a part-time assistant or, you know, hardcore executive assistant. Yeah. Because for me, again, you know, if, if my skill set is – a hundred dollars an hour and I'm on Southwest trying to book, you know, my flight to Florida, you know, that's not the best, you know, that, that's not the best use of my time. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, you know, my computer is just filling up with emails. There's so much paper getting shuffled back and forth um, and just stuff like that, where, you know, there, there's, there's an intermediary. Right. And I really think that like, you know, and, and actually it's like, oh man, I, you know, I can't afford, you know, to hire, you know, someone for $40,000 a year. Yeah. Um, you know, but if you break that down, you know, it's like three grand a month or something. Right. And yeah. it's like, in the next 30 days, if I have, if I pay someone $3,000 and then for the next 30 days yeah, and I don't have to do 75% of the stuff on my to-do list, how much more income am I going to generate to, you know, I yeah. mean, it'll blow away the $3,000. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that's always, you know, kind of how I've, you know, tried to look at it. Um, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome insight there. Um, and so Jimmy, we're kind of at the end of a show over here. Sure. I like to kind of touch base on, so how does people find you? How does people find High Five Investment? How does people find Jimmy, Jimmy Edwards? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, honestly, the easiest way, we have a website. It's High Five Multifamily, spelled out H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E, multifamily. Um, you know, there's, you know, it's you know, a regular website. It's got stuff about us. And then there's a little form you can put in your information. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, we'll give you a call or reach out or set up coffee or, you know, whatever. Yeah, that sounds good. And then we'll put that on the show notes over here. Thank you so much, Jimmy, for your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.